0: welcome to the rich relationship podcast with gil
1: and renee where amazing things happen our goal is to help build repair and restore healthy relationships
0: our primary focus is on the marriage relationship however the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most remember we're stronger together let's grow we have this awesome couple and we are just so excited Brent and Anika Krishan, thank you guys so much for being on the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee. Good to be here.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: You know, we always like to start the show out because everybody has a story.
1: A unique love story.
0: So we want to, we we know your story because we did a little conversation offline before we started, but and we, we want to give research. yeah, and we done some research <laughs> and we checked out some of the other stuff that you guys have out there, but we want to give our listeners an opportunity to hear your story Story firsthand, as as much as you want to share with them and as uh, deep as you want to go, but go ahead and uh, don't you guys give us a, a brief overview of your story for our listeners. Because it's, yeah, it's a unique one, y'all, hold on.
3: Yes, you know, I, I just want to give an intro to this story because I want to say from my standpoint that this, you know, we all have a story, but this love story means everything to me. It, it means my, my life. If, if, if you, you know, I'll, I'll just sum it up like this. Uh, God has used my wife in my life, as a as a savior, and you know, I got a scripture to, to back that up. I felt that way, but but I didn't feel comfortable saying that out loud until I, until I saw that there was a scripture in the Bible where um, where the Bible calls uh, God's children that that we can act as saviors, and and that's what this love story means to me that God's salvation was manifested to me through my wife. That's beautiful. So, How did Anika- that
1: make you feel, Anika?
2: It's pretty humbling, but I'm thankful that God can use somebody like me to be a blessing to other people.
0: So why don't you guys go ahead and tell us what is the overall story, your love story that you want to share with us? how did you guys meet? Where did you meet? Just some of the highlights.
2: Well, my mom was um, she was instrumental in my husband and I meeting. She would often have people over to her home after church. And when when you came over to my mom's after after church you felt at home and you felt so much at home that you would bring somebody else and that's what ended up happening she would have um people from out of town students i'm originally from birmingham alabama UAB is there, and they often had a lot of people coming in for jobs, for school, um, for different reasons. They had people from out of town, and they would often go home after church by themselves. So my mom saw a void or a need, and she said, you know what, instead of these young people and some of the senior citizens going home after church and being by themselves, why don't you all come over to our house? And so one afternoon, my husband, Ended up coming over. He was one of the young people that um, this very week he we met. He had came moved to town from Louisiana. So he we were I was actually leaving the house and he was coming home coming to my home, and we just kind of briefly passed. I was he perked my interest was peaked a little bit just from that first meeting, but I had somewhere to go and we didn't really get to meet until later that evening. And so I was able to ask all of the questions that I had. Who is he? Is he married? What is he doing here? <laughs> is he going to be here for a long time? What's going right. on? Who is he, you know? Right. right. And so over time, I had the opportunity to kind of be his tour guide around town. I happily volunteered to say, oh, I can show <laughs> you around. You're so kind. You're so
1: <laughs> kind. That
3: was a strategic tour yeah, guide. It was, it was guy, so right? genuine, too. It <laughs> was, you know, really, really, I remember distinctly, you know, you know, I was I was liking it. I was really, and, and it was on all. It was hitting on all levels. You know, but but it was so genuine that I was liking her. But I really was kind of question. I was like, Well, does she like me? Or she just being friendly, you know. <laughs>
1: you know, She's it's being, all. This you know, is just hospitality.
3: <laughs> this is just hospitality. Southern
1: <laughs> hospitality.
2: Exactly. Oh,
0: is that what no. they call it? Most of the guys, we're a little bit slow. It's like you know, kind of. You know slow she like you, day, right?
3: <laughs> You know, and, and and I'm I'm 24, and 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 Anika's 20. No, actually, when I met, I was 23, so that means Anika was 21. So we're still pretty young, and you know, right. getting to know things. I'd move a first big move, first time moving out of Louisiana. You know,
0: right. So is that well, when you guys actually started on your tour, were you <laughs> thinking all those things about like okay, not just is she interested in me? but where is this leading or were you there strictly for school and kind of focusing on that? Not necessarily a relationship.
3: Totally. You know, um, Gil, this is an important part of the story to, to kind of hear too as a backdrop to what's going to come is um, at this time of my life, I'm a really a new Christian also. Okay. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to learn a new life and, and that's part of the story too, that not only is this my first big job, I got a big job with Xerox, um, and I moved to Birmingham, but I'm also trying to be a Christian. So I went to Xavier University in New Orleans, Louisiana. And and in that summer after I graduated, I felt a need in my life and, and I started attending church, choosing to go to church and and I, and I became a Christian and I was trying to learn this new life. And in the midst of that, I move and I get this job. Let me tell you something. When when I was when Anika we were Friends, you know, and she's taking me around. She's checking on me. You know, it didn't take long. I remember distinctly having the thought to myself. I said, "This is the first Christian I feel like I've met in my whole life."
1: Wow, so because so my, my awesome. you know,
3: my lifestyle and the way that I, that I lived, you know, which is very typical for a lot of you know, young men, you know, and in, and in the, in the kind of culture that was popular at the time and still is, you know, I really felt that way. And and so I was. I'm telling you, I was. I was attracted to anika on so many levels
1: and you know what what i think about that is when you when you say you were attracted to her did you realize that it was a spiritual attraction or did you mistake it for a physical attraction
3: that's a great that's a great question but you know the the fact that I can remember of course, you know, when we're talking like twenty years, we can't remember all our thoughts and feelings, but the fact right. that I can remember that I consciously thought to myself, I think she's the first real Christian I ever met. You know, I, I I and you gotta understand that I'm in a period where I'm seeking the Lord. I'm trying to break free from the things that had dominion over me. Right. And and I knew that. So I'm a I'm a young man, but I'm conscious of the things of the of the sins that had have had and have dominion over me at this time life. So, so I think very distinctly, I was also attracted by the, the love, the godly, the godliness of her, Um, you know, and, and so, so I'm a person that's choosing as a young man to, to try to leave a culture to become a Christian. So, so obviously there's something happening in my life. The grace of God is working in my life. So, so I think very clearly I was definitely drawn and attracted to that as I saw that in Anika.
0: Right. So Anika, were you, at that time, were, you are were already a believer and follower of Christ at the time? Time, correct
2: yes that's so, correct.
0: so and you so based on that if you have been walking with the Lord for a little while during that time prior to meeting him
2: yes to the best of my ability I was I right. um, you know I would take time to pray and study my Bible you right. know participated in church activities but I didn't really have a really strong personal relationship with Christ it was more of I participated in church activities but just this deep need of Christ as my Savior and just a a really strong relationship that I ended up growing or developing over time mm-hmm. um, later in this story, I didn't really have it. I was kind of new in my Christian experience. Um, Well, not really new, but I was still kind of a babe in Christ. I'll say it like mm. that. I was right. a babe in Christ.
0: Right. And and the reason why I asked that was because if by you already being a believer, did you see those things that Brent may have shown as a new believer that you were kind of attracted to as well
2: definitely I saw someone who was sincerely searching for something better he was a seek he was seeking after God with his whole heart that's what I saw in Brent someone who was willing to take the time to study and willing to um, just you know just willing to learn and be taught and participate in um you know church activities or just even talk to me about spiritual things yeah
1: well you know anika you kind of mentioned so your mother and father were both believers
2: yes i I guess so my father they attended different churches Mm -hmm. and my mom had more of a um her family were let's see her father was a a pastor of a church in Birmingham, St. Joseph Baptist Church in Birmingham. And uh, my father, he would go to church. Um, sometimes, sometimes he wouldn't go to church.
3: Right. Okay. And how was it for you growing up, Brent? You know, we went to church sometimes and um, I had friends at church and church was for me a pretty social um, endeavor. But how you know, your,
1: were your parents both believers?
3: Um, My dad, I didn't really get that from him a whole lot. He was he was church um, accepting. You know, mm-hmm. he was, he was tolerant of church. My my dad was a sportsman, mechanic, uh, marine, a Marine, a Air Force pilot, as, I, oh, as wow. I talked with you guys about before we got on. And he was just a, a guy's guy. He was super cool. Everybody like my dad. And he, and he would go to church. Him and my mom didn't, didn't make it. Their marriage didn't make him. Dad got remarried. And I remember that his his second wife, you know, they attended church. Their family attended church, and he would go, but I don't really remember him participating or ever saying much about it, you know. But he'd go, you know. Okay. So he got he he had that much working for him. And um, my mom would bring me to church, and um, you know, she was she was a more of a, a of a spiritual person, but not really um, not really religious. But but she was always a spiritual person. Believed in prayer. Believed in positive thinking. So I definitely mm-hmm. had 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 the seeds in me, but I wasn't. Practicing it or living it, or I wasn't even thinking about it until, until, until really towards the end of my my senior year in, in college, you know.
1: So what happened in college in your senior year that made you have an awakening or awareness that you needed a relationship with God?
3: Wow, what a question. Um, well, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll try to be really brief about it. But um, but in New Orleans, totally living the party life with my friends, and uh, I went to Xavier University, and um, I was a pre-med major. So so, so my, my, my group of guys who I still, to some extent, keep in contact with, they're all doctors now. Two of them are doctors and one of them is a dentist, and I was on that, on that track too. But as we were finishing up school, I was feeling more and more like I didn't want to continue going to school, nor was that really in my heart to do that. So, so, so you could see on one hand that that's part of it, that, that my plan for life. My, what, what, what I was feeling on the inside of my experience was not really lining up what my plan was. And, and I was wi- eyes wide open saying, I don't wanna do that. I honestly didn't wanna do that. It wasn't a, from aptitude or anything. I was just like, I don't wanna keep going to school. you mm-hmm. know. And, and I remember one incident, I have no idea why, and I cannot connect back to this, but I remember also, you know, I had a roommate for all of those years, but finally in my senior year, I, I, um, I was still hanging with the same group of guys, but I had an apartment by myself and um i don't know why but i was on the in the living room i remember sitting in the living room in this couch in this apartment i had in metairie and i was reading the bible i cannot connect any string of events that would bring me to reading the bible <laughs> right but well, i do been... remember i was reading the bible but here's what's key i remember what i read hmm. and um i was reading in matthew and it, it had to be the sermon on the mount this is probably what i'm going to tell you is probably chapter 7 but, but back then, I wouldn't have known how to find chapter 7 or anything. I must have just flipped it open. Right. And look what I read. Yeah. It so it was your myself.
1: apartment by
3: yourself? My apartment by myself. So the Bible my, belonged to you? I guess. I don't know where I got a Bible from. I guess I had <laughs> a good <great> apartment. <laughs> anyway, you know, right. I don't remember. But I remember what I read.
0: Right. That's and awesome. um,
3: so I read, I read these words. And they were probably in red because I knew Jesus was speaking. I understood the context. And it right. says this. I shall profess unto them, there shall be many that come up to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, and I shall profess unto them, I don't know you. Hmm. Wow. Look, check this out. It brought tears to my eyes because I realized it was it was describing me. Oh, right. Praise God. I yeah. said, that's me. I'm going, because if you would have asked me at any time my experience, I don't care, smoking weed, high at the club or anything. If you would have asked me, do you believe in God? I would be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, I believe in Jesus, like a lot of young people. Right. And that would have been me. And and I never I never read that before. I mean, I'm straight up reading that for the first time. And I it's I recognize the context. I'm saying he's describing me. I would run up to him and be like, What up? <laughs> He'd be like, I don't know you.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah,
3: I don't And and he's telling the truth. Right. And and I'm that's like so. I'm hollering about you know him. You hollering about, I want to be with you, but nothing in my life. Has any connection with
0: them. Right. None of the things that you were doing reflected that. So, so that and, was a and, powerful
3: seed, right? Right. Yeah. And that's
0: exactly where I was. That was right your there. turning point. That's exactly it what I was doing. It
3: probably was.
0: About the seed being planted. So, how did that lead into the continuation of you guys' story? Because it's very unique, and I want our listeners to hear more of the, the story. Go, so pick up where you left off. So now you and Anika met each other and y'all started. Mm-hmm. Well, I would mm-hmm. say now courting, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, or seeing more yeah, of each we're other. We're yeah. courting.
3: So pick up the story right there. Okay. I want to. am gonna let Nika have this part because I kind of been talking a lot. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's right.
1: Be fair. Be oh. fair. Share the mic. Share the mic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
3: uh, but I do want to just say this as this is developing. Because, and it's an awesome story to us. I, we pray that it'd be awesome and, and, and meaningful to others. But but this one thing, just in the way you guys are asking these questions, bringing these things out, is it, it shows how God plans for us so long in advance. Yes. And brings us to an expected end, like the scripture says, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And as, as I'm reviewing these things, I'm like, God was preparing this the whole Amen. time. Yeah. Right, right. So, mm-hmm. so dating cured him.
2: So we um, continued to spend time together and get to know each other. And I guess one day we were sitting in church and my mom was sitting on one side of me and Brent was sitting on the other side. And Brent um, sounds like he heard the words, this is your wife. When, and like God was speaking to him saying, this is your wife. And he liked those words. And so he went forward with asking permission to marry me from my parents. And then he asked me to marry him and we got married. So we, were, we met in 1990
3: would it be
2: eight maybe 97 or 98 we met and then we were married in november of 1999 my parents accepted is um they agreed to let me marry him and we were married maybe a year maybe two years i don't know I yeah, it was, but it was
3: 98 because i got the job in april of 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 98.
2: okay so we met in 98 and we were married about a year and a half later in 1999 november of 1999 So, um, and things were going really well for many months. We were honeymooning, um, but unfortunately, we were so excited about being with each other that for me personally, my relationship with Christ started to suffer and that um, we would stay up late. Um, I would go to work. I was a teacher in Birmingham and Brent had a sales job, but I would go to work, I'd come home and Brent and I would spend the afternoon or evening together talking and just spending time together. And it was great, but we'd sometimes stay up so late that I couldn't hardly wake up in the morning. So like my devotional time that I was having, it was 30 minutes and then I kind of snooze and then it became 20 minutes. Then I snooze some more and it became 10 minutes. And then it just became to the point where I was not really having taken time to develop my relationship with Christ. I was just pretty much praying on my way to work in my car. And my relationship with Christ started suffering. And meanwhile, unbeknownst to me, my relationship with Brent was not going the best either. So about nine months, after we were married he came to me kind of out of the blue shocked me with the news that um i don't want to be married anymore and i'm moving back to louisiana
0: wow just out of the blue
2: to me it was out of the blue blue. he had some different things going on internally you know just being tempted with different things that we were not we were young we were newly married and i didn't know to ask him questions you know we we communicate i guess in some ways superficially just had a lot of fun together. You know, we go out to this favorite restaurant, we go bowling, we do a lot of fun activities, but those heart-to-heart conversations, they were really absent in our relationship because as I look back, I could, if I would have known what I know now, there could have been a lot more communication going on where I could say, so what's going on? What right. are your thoughts? What, how are you feeling? Um, you know, just a lot of different things where Dream I could have, yes, <laughs> how could I address what was going on, but I didn't know. So,
3: right.
2: and they and, were and, unresolved.
0: And that's so important that you mentioned that about communication that while you are spending time together and hanging out together and doing all these activities. And sometimes people think that is a a form of communication, but it's so superficial that Mm -hmm. when things really go on, you're totally caught off guard. So, Brett, during that time, what what was going on that that kind of Anika missed?
3: Yeah, so... So let me be brief. Um, here's the thing, you know, I'm coming out of I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm, I'm from, I'm from the, the ghetto or whatever, but I'll oh, definitely, no. definitely from the hood, you know, and, um, and, and there's a lifestyle and there's, and there's that whole thing. And so being new, it's just like in the New Testament, Paul talks about an elder shouldn't get novice, right? Because He's untested. It's like he has some excitement but he need to be watched for a little while, have a chance to get some experience. You don't know how different experiences are going to shape him. And that's classically what happened to me is, is I wanted to be a a Christian, but a lot of the old things inside of me didn't die. And I didn't know that. Mm. I mean, I don't know about all this. So, but, but in moving and uprooting my friends and different things like that for a time, it could seem like those things lie dormant or they weren't there, but so here's different little things that started happening. So, so I'm dating Anika, but I'm got this job, and I'm got to get a haircut, right? So I end up finding, you know, I don't ask Anika where to get a haircut. I'm in, you know, I'm exploring the Birmingham. I don't know how, but I end up finding the barber in Midfield Junior. He got my number. He start calling me. Anika didn't know anything about that. He, um, I didn't go with Junior all the time, but Junior liked me. He liked that I moved. So he, you know, he's an up and coming young man, and he was always trying to get me to come with him and do stuff with him then you know I got a membership at the YMCA I'm shooting basketball I'm hanging out with guys and I'm meeting that way but one of the things that was pretty formative during this time is I started hanging out with Anika's cousin and uh, we really liked each other we were really cool but um, I had kind of put away some of the music I was listening to really trying to do try to stay on the straight and narrow path but through friendship and riding in the car and stuff like that. And, it, and he started showing music and albums. and I was like, i stopped listening to that for a little while. And I was like, oh, and one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, you're shooting pool. And if you're shooting pool, you start drinking, you start having a beer, because that's what I used to do when I shoot pool. At first you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna go, but I'm not gonna drink. So step by step, one by one, these things of my old life were starting to come back on. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, uh, uh, we're going to Atlanta. In Birmingham, Atlanta just two hours away. And so it started to be like a double life.
0: And and that's what I was kind of and you mentioned it right there when you said a double life. And those small I love how the Bible talks about the small foxes are the ones destroy that the destroy the vine. Oh, and that's amazing that you you see that and you recognize that those are the things that kind of can start having an impact on your relationship. So once all those things happen, what was the next segment of your your transition when your relationship with Anika? Or Nika could pick it up if she would yeah.
2: So um eventually I guess what was done in the dark it came out and I mean I he didn't tell me everything but he did he came to me a few months, like I said, nine months into the marriage and he said, Hey, I plan to leave. I don't want to be married anymore. Um I'm going back to Louisiana and he did. So but um it was very hard. I was broken hearted, kinda confused, like, why did this happen? I mean I I'd call myself doing the right thing. I didn't. I mean, I waited, you know, I kept myself, so to speak, for this man. And it's just like, and it's just falling apart right before my face. It's my life is crumbling where I thought I would be happily ever, we would be happily ever after, but what, what could I have done differently? So I just had all of these questions, so many unanswered questions and just confused and brokenhearted. So what I ended up doing is I started crying out to God, and he didn't forsake me. He didn't say, oh, well, go to the Brent, because you forgot about me when you had Brent. Now you don't have Brent. So yeah. he ran into guy's me.
1: Like, God's not like man.
2: He's so good to us, you know? Yeah. He was there for me, and he started taking me to promises that to show me that although your husband may have left you... Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So I started kind of getting some strength, but the very day or the very week Brent moved out, I had some sisters. Um, we did up, I'll have to go back a little bit. We went to a marriage retreat. When my mom saw that things were not going well between Brent and I and that we were kind of, there was some trouble in in the camp. She suggested, or she sent us to a marriage retreat. But that didn't quite work out. I thought this was going to be the way God saved our marriage, but it didn't work out. Brent, did not he didn't really cooperate with the activities during the marriage retreat. So I felt like it was a total flop, but it was not. At this marriage retreat, I met some women who invited me to their house for a, um, I think they called it Always Faithful Marriage Support Group. And this meeting, the first meeting that I went to was like the very, I mean, very close to the time that Brent ended up leaving. So... So you have Brent leaving, I'm crying, and then I remember they, they, these women were having this marriage meeting, and that's when things are turning around for me. I met these women, and it was probably about 10 women, just women from all walks of life, and they, they laid out and they shared their marriage testimonies. They talked about how their marriages were in the beginning, and then they talked about what God did for their marriage and how their husbands and their marriages and their lives had been t- changed and transformed by God's word and his power in their lives. And when I heard about this, I got excited because I said, there's hope. I mean, I just knew it was over and that I would never talk to Brynn and we'd just get a divorce and that would be the end of the story. But when I heard these women's testimonies, I was encouraged and I said, wait, if God did it for them, That's maybe right. he'll do it for me. Yeah,
1: And you know, when you think about, you said you had a support group, all of the things that you are saying are things that, did you guys go through any premarital before you guys got married?
0: Yes,
2: we did. We worked with the pastor, but it was pretty general. You know, for us, we look like the model couple, and it's just like, oh, you're fine. I mean, y'all are nice. Y'all y'all participate in church activities. He was
3: just smiling. us like, y'all are so cute. I love y'all. They used to call us up front to do different announcement stuff. We used to participate in young adult ministry. So to all appearances, it's just like
2: they're hmm. fine. I mean, they don't really need anything. So he did. We did get basic premarital things, but I believe some of the things that you do, it just you just have to have experience sometimes to just kind of get in there, you know. Because I like to read, I like to read parenting books and things because we have children. But for some of it, I've read uh, before I had children, but it means so much more to me now that I have children. And I think exactly. that's what happens with marriage. Yes, we went through premarital training or counseling but once we got married, it means so much more to you now that you're in the midst of
1: it. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that we really focus on because like you guys, like you, we got married young. We got married at 21. We both came from broken homes, mm-hmm. but I think the difference is like when I'm listening to you and I hope that our listeners are listening um, because we are talking about our love story um, with the Krishans today on the Rich Relationship Podcast with and Renee, and we're talking about their unique love story but what I want us to hear and to take away from listening to what's going on in the background and not just look at the surface. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: We have to pay attention to the tension, to what's going on. And so uh, what were some of the things that were going on in the background of your heart um, when he came to you and said, I want to leave? What were some of the things that were going on in your heart in the background?
2: I was just kind of, like I said, I was confused. I didn't understand, um, pretty naive, like, how could this happen? You know, I thought, um, just kind of disappointed and just wondering what could I have done differently, why me, and just kind of having a pity party in some ways, thinking, well, maybe if I would have done this different, he would say, and just really having a lot of questions as to, did did I miss something, you know, so these are some of the things that were going on in my heart, and just being, just aching, you know, and just trying to find some just pick up the pieces and just trying to see what do I do from here? How just God give me the strength I need to move forward.
1: So now that you know what you know now, what what should you have done different?
2: Hmm. I Definitely. I would have waited. I think I would have waited to get to know Brent longer and just to make sure we were, I mean, just make sure we're on one accord and that we are, we seek first the kingdom of God. I think that would have been important to just set our foundation instead of focusing on us, just making sure that we're united in Christ. I think that would have been more important and just giving it more time to watch and say, okay, so tell me about this and asking more questions and getting more feedback about his thoughts, his beliefs and his ideas and his plans and just his ideas, just more communication, deep communication with him about his ideas about life and seeing if we could if this could be something that could work out between the two of us if this is my life mate instead of just feeling like yeah this is him no matter what happens versus being more prepared for what could happen in the future
3: can, can i address that? yeah
0: I, I was getting ready to say that brent we got to hear the guy's side from it
3: <laughs> you know uh and that's completely accurate of course that's from um anika's perspective but i fear that that you know if things were different maybe she would have found out how i really was and i didn't know that i was I guess I was hot and stuff, yes. Um, <laughs> but, but maybe we wouldn't have got married. Maybe we wouldn't have got back together like we are. now. so God's plans are perfect, you know. Um, but I do want to say this, though. As I'm reviewing this in my mind, as we have children now, some are teenagers, some are still pretty young. You know, there's just this, this, this strange thing about youth. And and for some adults, youth kind of in some ways carries on and well while well, they're until well they're fifty their, and sixties. Yeah, until yes. they're well into their adulthoods. And it is this. And this is the way I want to describe it. And it's a dreamland where where you have an idea and you're thinking this is how the world is. And sometimes there's a smack upside your head, and you are uh you know forced to be initiated to the real world. You know, we could talk to our kids. Nika talked about, Nika would say things like this now. She talked about the books because she loves to read. Uh, she, You know, she was a teacher, so she loved to read stuff about children, stuff like that. Nika would say stuff about some of these books she has. They got all kind of highlighting and all kind of little, nice, little, neat, little notes. Mm-hmm. Until they meet book. with reality. And Anika <laughs> comes back now, she says, I feel like I never read this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so what I'm trying to say, I don't want to lose the point here, is that for Anika and I, both of us, you know, when you're young, you're just kind of in this dreamland and what can bring us out of this to, to come into reality to deal with real issues? We could say, oh, I should have communicated. But if, if we don't understand um, real life, uh, if we don't have a sense of, of, of danger and protection, even though you're asking those questions, you're still not gonna get to the heart of it because you don't know what you're looking for. When we're looking at our children, we can sense something's not right, right We can sense if they're not giving us you know a complete answer can you, some I'm not going to say no young people can do this, but that's that thing where I don't know if it's life experience sometimes it's we called call it wisdom it, it's oh, wisdom yeah. that's the word it's yes. wisdom you know that's the and word. wisdom
1: comes from application, not yes. just knowledge, yes.
0: And so that's an awesome point that you make about even the youth and and those things. And, and just like Renee was just describing about wisdom. So based on the story and your, your love story that you guys are telling us, what are the, some of the principles? Because it, it led you to author an awesome book from, from, and can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes. Um, so back in, about a year ago, I started working on a book. And it was published in September of nineteen. Um, nine, I'm sorry, September of 2019. The title of the book is "Fight for Your Marriage," and "fight" is actually an acronym because for many years, probably about 14 years—that's how long Brandon and I have been married, I've been married—I've been sharing my testimony with people.
3: Remarried
2: since we've been remarried, um, I share my testimony, and people say, "Oh, that's good. I'm glad he blessed you all." But my situation is hopeless, you know and I don't really didn't really have anything besides my testimony to share but about a year ago a little over a year ago I was praying and I was sharing some someone asked me to share the testimony just really praying to the Lord saying can you please give me something some practical tips that could help somebody that's right. in a similar situation so I feel like the Lord laid on my heart the acronym fight and that's the title of the book it's fight for your marriage but f is fervently pray i identify Bible promises, G, give thanks, H, have patience, T, take time for testimonies. And this is what pretty much what the ladies at these meetings that i would go to these i can't remember if they were weekly or monthly but i would go to this marriage support group and these ladies we would fervently pray together we would identify these women taught me how to dig in my bible how to study my bible how to find promises they taught me how to give thanks and just be thankful instead of talking about oh this is so bad focus on what's what you can be thankful for right have patience because some of the women their marriages were god restored their marriages rather quickly Some of the women's marriages took longer for me. I'm thinking, Lord, please bring him back in a week. That didn't happen. Bring him back in a month, a year, and he saw fit to just allow me to endure a long time. What I felt like it was a long time. How long was it? It was four years. So Brandon and I were separated actually for four years. But during this time, I was praying, I was fighting for my marriage, fervently praying, identifying Bible promises, giving thanks for the blessings I did have. Being learning how to have patience and taking time for testimonies, being encouraged by the testimonies that I heard other women share, and just so the book is actually two parts. The first part, I go through our testimony my um, my restored marriage testimony of how Brenda and I met, and just kind of give a little um, background about my childhood and. How we met, and um, just how we were the time when we were separated, and how we got back together, and how the Lord blessed us to once we were back together, we decided to recommit our lives to Christ. And we'd served a couple of years as missionaries, and then God blessed us. And because when we were married the first time, we didn't have any children, but now He blessed us fivefold, and now we have five children. So that's where the story ends the first part. And for the second part, um, it goes into the acronym it just kind of goes through some practical biblical help um, based upon the acronym fight for your marriage acronym
0: so and and that's awesome and you said something that was really poignant about testimony you know it's an awesome testimony that you guys have went through what what led to the reconciliation part that you mentioned how did that transpire and how did that come about
3: well i'm in um i got i ended up getting a of pharmaceutical job in new orleans louisiana and when when i secured that job is when i when i moved um go back home and you know that's where i went to school i did my undergrad in new orleans i had in my mind that i'm gonna get a good job i was making more money i was gonna go back with my set of friends oh because i realized i was living a double life and i was like this isn't real and i hadn't really been being a christian that long so it's kind of easy to kind of go back because I was like, I'm not even, this is not even real. I'm not even being real with this. I'm living a double life. So I need to just go ahead and go back home. Um, there were five things that had happened to me. I'd, um, I I'd got a new job, started trying to be a Christian, uh, moved away from home, got married and bought a house. Those are those are like five of the seven biggest things that most stressful things you could do in your life. Um, so I, So I went back, so I went back to New Orleans And, um, actually I ended up having a baby. Mm -hmm. So I had my daughter in, in new Orleans. And when she was about one years old and toddling around, um, she came to me and I was looking in her eyes and, um, I realized that she doesn't know how I live now that she's a baby, but it was like, um, it was like God gave me wisdom to see that this little girl is going to grow up and she's going to know exactly what that is about. And I didn't want her to date a guy like me. And that was not a good feeling.
1: Yeah, say that again.
3: I didn't want her to date a guy like me.
1: So guys, you hear that? That should be something that we reflect on. Women, you don't want your, you men, you don't want your daughters to date someone like you. And you don't want, sometimes we don't want our sons to date women like us. Mm-hmm. And so that's important that you share that. Keep continue on. I'm sorry.
3: That's not, and that's not a good feeling because, you know, um, you know, because she's naturally going to be a, attracted to a guy that's like daddy. God used that, my daughter, my little baby girl, my firstborn, to create a desire in my heart to honestly try to be the man who I should be, to be a daddy who, who I could be a model for who she should, you know, want to be with, to be a model for a man in her life, for a husband, you know, and, and, and I didn't know how to get there, but, but I had enough in me to believe that the only way that that could happen is through being a Christian, which I'd given up on. And so um, that desire was created nothing changed quickly now you got to understand why this is so cool in the background nika's praying and i don't know this you know this is about like maybe two or three years into the separation and i'm having these feelings and the lord is working with me it took a long time but he's getting through to me and and slowly i'm starting to come back home like a prodigal son anyway so the reconciliation happened and i started going back to church um some kind of way i got in touch with somebody in birmingham and they said, Don't you think Anika would like to know you're going back to church? And I was like, Nika, don't want to hear nothing I have to say because I put her through so much. And um, they were like, Brent, I'm sure she would like to know you're, you're back again in church. I said, You're probably right. But I didn't have a number. So, so this person gave me Anika's number and I called her. And I was like, Hey, Anika, uh, don't hang up. This is Brent. Look, I just called to tell you I'm going back to church. I recommitted my life to the Lord. And I just wanted to tell you that. And it was silence for about 10 seconds. And then Nika responded, I've been perfect for you. And um, that so, Nika, really when, felt when he great.
0: Said that, Nika, when he said that about him, was your idea of reconciliation? Were you ever thinking that you guys would get back together after that? And then part two to that question is once you found out his new life, so to speak, how did that really come into play into your life?
2: Well, when it was like a dream and I felt like, okay, I've been praying about this day. I've been waiting for this day. But when it finally came, it's like, is this real? Is this, is this really Brent Christian on the phone telling me he's walking with the Lord again? And it was kind of disbelief. But the other side of me said, this is what you prayed about. So, of course, it's real. Just accept that this is the Lord's doing. He is working things out. So I was excited. I was very thankful and just really in disbelief that God really in his own time and he heard my prayers and he answered my prayers. And so I was really amazed and just really shocked, I believe, when I heard Brent's voice. And can you ask, um, repeat that second part of the question, please?
0: The second part was when once you found the new chapter in his life, he had a new daughter and those types of things. Did that impact your thoughts? about you guys reconciling and how did that come into play
2: it did you know but i guess also i was kind of prepared because um i don't really know how i found out that he i think brent told me we really cut off communication or i rather cut off communication midway because for a while brent had me on a roller coaster let's work things out i love you i want to be with you And then it was the opposite i don't love you i don't want to be with you i don't want to work things out so we were on a roller coaster for the first couple of years and so after a while i'm like i'm getting off the roller coaster and i cut off communication with him but i think somewhere in there he did tell me he had a daughter and i was just you know praying about lord how are you going to bring us back together and with this new situation but it really is amazing how god works things out because shortly So I guess about a year after we started talking, um, we were remarried and his daughter actually moved in with us. And so I didn't really have a lot of time to prepare to just for motherhood, but God knows what we need. And she is just, I mean, she's all you could ask for in a daughter. She, I mean, just God is good. He knew I needed someone in my life to just bring out the tender side of me, just that mother nurturing side of me. And she, and that's who God used to do this for me. But I was not really, because Brent and I, we were living in separate places. So he was living in Louisiana, I was in Alabama. So we would visit from time to time. And I did have an opportunity to meet Madison before we actually um, were reconciled, but it just kind of I like children. I think that made it easier too. I was a teacher. I helped raise my nephew for many years.
3: And she was a baby. She was two years and old. And she was
2: just a baby, you know, so it's not a lot of attitude you can have with a baby, you know. Right. But and they I can welcome... give
0: you attitude, all right. They can give you attitude <laughs>
2: <laughs> But she was not like that, you know. Right. She was the, sweet. She was the sweetest baby. I mean, she had a few habits that got on my nerves, but overall, she was just so precious, you know, so actually when Brent and I, we got remarried in August and you all by September, this, this baby was living with us. Okay. <laughs> and she was, she, we were just, we just formed a really amazing bond. And over time, we just really got close where it got to the point. You didn't even know she wasn't my birth child because we were able to form such a close bond and that's how it is now you're still like that now yeah she's 16 and you know um, when she decided she wanted to move in with us full time three years ago because from then she would live some time with her mom then she lived with the grandma then she lived with us for a little while but about three years ago she made a decision that she wanted to give her heart to christ and she said i want to be in an environment conducive that's the most conducive to me growing spiritually and she made a decision to move in with us full time and um so now it's just like our hearts are drawing close to each other and that's my right hand girl you know and even to this day it's like i don't know how where i would be or how i just can't even even imagine life without her
3: right and And then go ahead brent go ahead you know what else is cool is that um so so we have four boys anika and i together and if it wasn't for Madison, I mean, it's we, we just God is just good, you know, because mm. she brings that she's she's our daughter. She's the only and she's boss, you know. Right.
1: She's she's the only girl.
3: She's the only girl and she's the oldest. You know, so, so, so yeah. I'm pretty sure she's running it. So she running it. She she boss. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So this has been a, an awesome time to just hear your testimony and hear your talk. And if if any of our listeners are listening, it's such an awesome story that even in some of the most circumstances that people would think should be the end, God has a way of restoring and and repopulating and renewing. This is such an awesome story. How can people get in touch with you and your contact information for your book if they wanted to reach out and read the in-between lines of the book, the things that we just didn't get a chance to highlight during the show?
2: Okay. Well, the book, again, is entitled Fight for Your Marriage. And my name is Anika barnes Krishan, And the website is fightforyourmarriagetoday.com. That's fightforyourmarriagetoday.com. And um, they can order the book there. And they can also get information. Um, We have a YouTube channel that they can visit. And we're on Facebook. And my email address is anika at fightforyourmarriagetoday.com. Anika is A-N-I-K-A at fightforyourmarriagetoday.com.
0: And we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight and, and just sharing your story with us. And we'll put all the contact information in the show notes. And so-,
1: so if you could say, each of you guys say one thing that you have learned from your tragedy that you wouldn't want anybody else to go through, what would, each, what would that be for each of you all?
3: you know um please consider that that our faith um can in 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 our home and even our, our wayward spouses as you were um one other thing there's somebody said somebody people say two things. They say, Well I'm not as strong as Anika and another one that kinda hurts is they say well why should the woman you know the men are carrying on and doing all this but the woman's got to have patience and all this type of stuff so this testimony is for both is for any spouse that still loves their spouse maybe the other spouse is wayward so it's not just a a woman can pray a a man can hold down the fort and pray for his wife the biggest thing is don't give up on your marriage
2: and I would say you yeah I would say the same thing is that with man Um, This is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I would um, encourage people to believe, to have faith that God is able to do what he wants to do and he's working all things out for good. And that's what I would like to encourage people to just look at the big picture and see that God can use you to be a blessing in somebody else's life and just allow him to work in your life and know that he's going to work everything out for good. And we must trust him and believe in the promises of his
1: word. Well, you guys are amazing. And um, if I had to say a takeaway that we could share with our listeners for them to actually apply, it would be to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to begin to pray every day, to not let anything come in the place of your quiet time with God, your devotion to God and your commitment to God. Because if we really say we love God, then we should be spending time with him. And so that would be the takeaway as far as something that I would say we need to be doing more of as couples, because it's easy to make your spouse put them in a place that only God should be and so it's so crucial to us that we begin to spend time with God every day and so that would be my takeaway today Would be what we all need to be doing different is we need to make sure that our time with God is protected and it's prioritized because that's how we can really love people the way that we should. So Mm -hmm. we thank you all for being here. We're so grateful to have you guys on the show and so grateful for your testimony and for how transparent you guys have been. And Thank you for being vulnerable and just know that this is going to bless your children as well when they get to hear your story as they get older. Thank you so much.
0: Gil and Renee Beaver's over 30-year relationship is the genesis for the Rich Relationship Podcast, which is designed to empower individuals with the tools, principles, and the community needed to unpack ourselves, our past, and our preconceived notions associated with relationships.
1: Let's get empty and grow together so that our lives will be filled with love and healthy, rich relationships.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from.
1: Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com. For our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them.
0: And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast, and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow!